Oh yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be a great transition. We just kept <laughs> talking about like sharing names of terrorists and being on a no fly li flight list and how how you get out of that. And Kai is like, oh, I got dude, a great story dude, about I, that. I actually <laughs> got a great story because that the, the first time I went to the United States for um for a GP Legacy GP in Seattle, 2015, um, I was on a storm deck and I had a buy because back in the day you used to get buys for events. And so my second round opponent. And that was in the side of it. Osama Bin Laden. Dude, my second round opponent, is, I look at the match slip, right? I know, at the um, paint pairing board. And it says Jacob Wilson. And I, I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Because he used to be such a pro Rock Delver player back then. Right, mm -hmm. and I th maybe he still is. And then I sit down, and I like you know until like until I found my seat, I probably like shit my pants like two three times already, right? And I sit down, and then someone completely different sits down. It's like, and, and I'm like, dude, I'm yeah, I'm probably I'm supposed to play against Jacob Wilson. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. supposed to play <laughs> against this pro. What are you doing here? Yeah, Come on, dude. And this guy's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I am Jacob Wilson. Uh, it's like, oh. Uh, Dude, he must get that so often. Like, people are being completely, like, they're so like, oh, I was so looking forward to playing against a celebrity, and, and now you show up. It's like, oh. oh. Yeah. Man, if I get, like, paired against Kai Sawatari, and then, like, I'm like, yes, let's go, and then some <laughs> random person turns up, like, shit. <laughs> like, another Kai Sawatari? Like, yeah. he, happened, he happened to be, like, super good versus Painter, for example. <laughs> Imagine that. Alternate <laughs> reality. I, th I think in the past, maybe you can still do this. Uh, I, I guess not these days. In the past, you could like change your name. And if I was him, I would like put my last name as Wilson and then in brackets, like not the pro or something. <laughs> so it would show up like that on the scoreboard or something. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. Um, did you at least win? Uh, I, I did, yeah, I did. Um, he, but funny enough, that like, he was also on a Delver deck. He was not on Rock Delver, but he was on in a different Delver deck. And what are the he, odds? Somebody yeah. playing Delver. But again, like he also mentioned that you know he gets his comment like ev every every time basically. But I would dude, bet. <laughs> but man, that was a scary moment. Holy smokes. <laughs> So yeah, that that's your turn. Oh, that okay. I see. I see. Your story wasn't about terrorism, but sharing about na a name with somebody else. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was just like telling a story about like how how I had a client who couldn't fly, and he he, he was like as good a sport as you can be about it, I guess. But yeah, sh sh Singapore Airlines, try again because that's that's not cool. Anyway, guys, um, and also everybody listening, hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 158, your favorite, most deceptively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Patreon, David Putz. And if you want to support the running of the show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydayjournal. And we are really, really, really wanted. We really wanted to get this episode out right before Eternal Weekend, so we can get in some like last-minute recommendations, maybe some new tech that we came about. And oh, oh, just yeah, I think it's already been two weeks. So, guys, what have you been up to lately? I think last time I was complaining about like not winning a lot. So, how's it been for you ever since? Uh, with you not winning? Oh, it's yeah. just another, another normal day. <laughs> you <No>. know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I, I, I didn't want to start out with myself first, so no, I was like trying to push you guys ahead. I'll go. So um, I've been ill the last week. I don't know if you hear it in my voice. I've like had uh, I've got a, a blocked ear and I've got a cold for over a week now. So last week I went to Wales, which was lovely. Long weekend and we went like caving. So like proper caving, like crawling through small gaps and climbing up rocks with a waterfall, like falling on top of you. And like proper, proper caving. It was great fun, real good experience. Oh, but like, so, like what they call like spelunking or something? Spelunking, like go, exactly, exactly. Like, like that <clears> really, really crazy thing where you like, go like underground into the dark and you get yeah. stuck. Oh, there was one bit where we were so far deep that like there was no sunlight breaking through. So everyone turned off their torches and it was just 
pure <laughs> darkness. It was amazing because you Are never you get that. Me? Pure, pure black darkness. But you, so, did, did you do that for the first time ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So super <laughs> so, exciting. Um, oh, it was so cool. Like the, the, your brain does this weird thing where in this pure, pure black, you wave your hand in front of you and you can see it because your brain is telling you that you are waving your hand. But if someone else doesn't, if someone else does it, you can't see it because it's pure black. So it's like you're seeing it but not seeing it. It's weird. It's like a phantasm. So do you have like a guide or somebody who who knew yeah. what they were doing? Yeah, we had two guys that knew what they're doing, and then it was like a bigger group of eight of us total so four of us um mm-hmm. but it was great fun so we like had to properly go through um like a, a water that's right up to almost your nose deep and stuff and uh then getting out it was pouring with rain so we had to go out we had to come in and go out a different that's way like than so usual. dangerous this is like how <laughs> oh. every horror story starts and then it started raining and the cave well, started oh, filling up it was rainy already so we had to be lifted down slash climb down like a 50 meter rock faced like hole to get in and then usually you can just walk in and out of this big cave entrance. But this time then we had to go out one by one. So it took like 45 minutes and you had to literally climb up a steep rock face with ropes, of course. Dude, dude with, 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 a, with a waterfall like falling on top of you because of all the rain from above. So it was, it was really crazy. It was an amazing experience. But I've been ill for over a week now and I've got a blocked nose, which is like a uh, blocked ear, sorry, which is very disorientating and hard to concentrate. So I've had a bad week back, but I've had a great weekend before. Did they make you like sign some kind of waiver about like, oh, if you die, it's just like, it's on <laughs> I you. think I think my dad just signed it for all of us before going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. dies, he dies. If he oh, dies, man. he dies. Yeah, but, in the wilds, man. but it was so cool. It was it was really intense because usually as I said, the big cave entrance, you can just walk in and out of and then go deeper. Usually you would like stop and have a lunch break and then come back in. But they were like, no, because it'll take an hour to get everyone out and then an hour to come back in again, like lifting everyone up and down and climbing and stuff. And it was dangerous anyway. So we just went to like one of the harder bits of the cave, they said. So we went through some things that like every single person in the group said oh shit i'm stuck like every single one <laughs> so it was so tight oh my God. <laughs> I, isn't that like the most terrifying thing if like when, when you're stuck and you can't really move yeah i'm, I'm a right? little bit claustrophobic as well but it's counteracted by my love for like just doing things that i haven't done before or like yeah. a se- se- sense of adventure cool. i guess so that's cool. i was like i know i'm going to be scared in there i was a bit apprehensive at the beginning but when you're in there it's so cool like I don't know. There was like one bit where you have to climb straight down headfirst into like a two, three meter drop, but the hole is so small that you wiggle yourself down. And by the time your legs are free, you have like been able to like touch the ground with your arms or something. It was it was <laughs> wild. <laughs> like this is like it was like being born basically coming oh down goodness. out of this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you get pooped out in the universe. But this yeah. is yeah. The, uh, this is like. <laughs> This is giving me serious PTSD. Have you heard about like the what's it called, like Nutty Patty Cave? Or oh something? yes, of course. You, oh, dude, just, this is so strange. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen that, and I don't want, like, didn't want to get into that position. But yeah, it, it just reminded me when you said it's like being born because they have like the Swan Cave, which is like called the Birth Canal, and like you That's have to it. push. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I was expecting some magic stories, but this is no. This is so something else. I also like you know went hiking in Wales. It was absolutely beautiful and lovely. Dude, and stuff. you're living the life. Seriously, yeah. so it's really cool. Walking with dogs. Um, otherwise, I did play some magic. We had LLM yesterday. Um, I guess we can talk about that a little bit later when we get to in the show notes. Oh, we well, can actually jump into that right away yeah. if you want to. Yeah, really cool LLM. We um, we went back to our old venue where LLM was for years, which is like a pub near Euston, King's Cross and stuff. 
mm-hmm. which is kind of nice to be back. And uh, everything was great. We had a really cool top eight again. It was won by Enrico with his four-color beans. This deck's pretty good. Everyone... like 40, 45 people or something? Yes, 40... I think 45 signed up and then we had 42 playing or 43 playing so i think i like forgot to myself they saw the crowd they were like oh my god this is too scary yeah. like, no i actually yeah. it was it was 42 and then just before we pressed start i was like oh shit i didn't actually sign myself up <laughs> I put, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i guess i get the buy yeah. oh, imagine like three people just being stuck in a cave or something you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they were probably stuck in the cave yeah they, they got a time extension <laughs> yeah so um that was cool well, um so, so last minute um i'm just pulling up the top eight to say what it was because i think i linked it in the show notes did you yeah Oops. actually i didn't no i only you linked your deck my deck cool no, uh, because my that deck. was like my whole focus of attention because it takes like two or three brains to comprehend that deck voting <laughs> oh yeah the deck's cool i'll get to it in one second bear with me i've got the top eight right here so it was won by enrico with four color beans control um i don't have the actual deck list yet but i know i saw saint catherine in there so it's at least cool with that. So something mm-hmm. a bit different. Um, second place was Yatka with Blue Black Scan. Third place, Alex Rear with eight cast, but it's like with patchworks now, it's kind of, yeah. you know, everyone's playing. pretty them. much a standard boat now, right? Yeah. Diego, my nemesis with Jeskai Stoneblade. This guy, <laughs> he beat me in the Swiss and the quarterfinals. As oh, well no. as with Jeskai Stoneblade, so I need to sell my collection twice. <laughs> um, I, I, I was following it along on Twitter. Like when you yeah. first lost to him, you were like, "Okay, selling my collection." Then you made top eight. Oh, rebuying the collection, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I got my collection again, and then beat me again. He played it very well. Um, back to basics is a hell of a card against the deck that doesn't have any basics. Um, but he like sequenced everything very well. So fair plays. Um, then we had. That was um, this is going in order, so first, second, blah, blah. And then the quarterfinalist is Ibi, who was playing Mono Black Beseech, kind of like what was. Ibi have like a last name? Uh, Ibi Hussein. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, he, like, similar to what um, Yuda Frantisek won with at the uh, Four Seasons Invitational. Oh, the yeah, Mono then. Black? Yeah, exactly. Um, then we have Eugenio Anibaldi on four color depths. So, like, splashing red for Minsk and Boo and Pyroblast and black for Bowmasters. And then the rest is usual stuff. Uh, seventh is me on Garuda Cauldron Bomberman, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> and then Daniel Jovic on Four Color Control, which looked like your kind of normal stuff. I saw rings. I don't think I saw beans. So there we have it. Um, yeah, so I played a really cool deck, which we we talked about. Uh, Where did you get it from, right? You, you I think you, you tweeted about that you, you blatantly stole it from somebody. Yes, it's from Kanakan. So anyone that likes Bomberman oh, will know Kanakan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but to my credit a little bit, this is what I talked about on the cast like two casts ago. So I, I was talking about Ag- Agatha's Soul Cauldron with Goblin Engineer and Phyrexian Devourer. So I was messing around with tons of different shells. And then I tweeted it out and then Kanakan said, oh, I didn't think of Goblin Engineer. Then they started playing with it and have done really well. I think it was Eternal Party they did very well at recently. They top eighted and they top eighted one or two challenges with it. One and or so- two challenges, okay. It could okay, just be one. I'm, the thing okay. is, like, I, I'm trying. I, I kind of want to introduce the audience to the deck, but I don't even know where to start. Like, I, I guess the the core idea is like it's a bomberman child. Yes, yeah, so I can I can give a run through of it. So, um, just to be yeah. So basically, the the morning bef- morning of before I was going, I couldn't decide between this and a mono blue cauldron Agatha Soul cauldron shell. And I tried a league with the the blue one, and it just felt a little bit off. It did go like 4-1, but I felt like they were kind of lucky wins here and there. So um, <laughs> it's like, it kind of was like, no, no, this is not good enough know. for me. Uh, anyway, so this deck, um, 
Yeah, it's a bomb man deck, so it has four Oryx Salvages, three Lion's Eye Diamonds, and three Walking Blisters in the main, and then it has four Khans, and then the fourth of each of those in the sideboard. So that's a pretty standard bomb man package. And then it doubles up on combos with four Goblin Engineer, which does help the bomb man combo because you can go and search for like a missing combo piece, which is quite nice. And it has four Agatha Soul Cauldron. So anyone that doesn't know Agatha Soul Cauldron, it's being played quite a lot in modern and. You see me forms. raising my hand? <laughs> so it's a two mana legendary artifact because I did play two uh, yesterday. <laughs> so it's a legendary artifact and it has all creatures with 1 1 counters on have all activated abilities of creatures exiled with Agatha Soul Cauldron. All your creatures, right? All your creatures, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it has tap, exile a card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, you put a 1 1 counter on a creature you control. And obviously, as you exile creatures, you're going to give your creatures in play with 1 1 counters on the activated ability of what you exile. So it's, so it's basically like main deck graveyard. Have you got that? That also yeah. like infinite combos. Yeah. So the main the the hate actually came up a lot. I didn't play against reanimated, but I like played against scam, and I just didn't get reanimated when I had one in play and stuff, and I had to deal <laughs> with it. And I was exiling kind of mystic sanctuary targets against control for later in the game and stuff, and I stopped a snapcaster, I think, and it just it does help some things. Like people don't realize they can exile any card, so that's quite nice. Um, so with that, the combo is you have one Phyrexian Devourer, which you go and search with Goblin Engineer. This is a six mana, one, one artifact creature. It has the hilarious ability where if its power is seven or greater, you sacrifice it. Yes, and, you then, and then the activated ability, which is relevant because it will gain it from Mag of the Soul Cauldron, is exile the top card of your library. Uh, the creature gets that many one, one counters equal to its mana cost. So if you have a Phyrexian Devourer under the Agatha Soul Cauldron, and then all of your creatures have the ability to exile cards from your deck and get really big. And because okay, the okay. Cauldron puts a counter as exiles as well, your Goblin Engineer that searched for it can very quickly become, you know, 2020 easily. Okay, so, 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 so to, to, to go about this slowly. So you, you mm -hmm. get your, let's say you have a, 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 a Soul Cauldron, you got your Goblin Engineer, you put the Devourer into the graveyard. Yep. So now the Goblin Engineer can exile a top card if you're library. Oh, because it doesn't have the clause about having to be sacrificed at power. No. No, because that's not great. triggered. So a very common kind of so, play so, pattern sorry, what? is... So a common play pattern is, like, turn one Goblin Engineer off, like, a pedal or something, or a Mox Opal with some other artifacts. You search for the Devourer, and then you play turn two Agatha Soul Cauldron. Oh, you search for the Phyrexian Devourer with the Engineer, I should say. And then mm -hmm. turn two Agatha Soul Cauldron, play <clears> it, tap it, exile the Devourer, put the counter on the Goblin Engineer, and now you can exile cards from your library until it gets really big, and you can attack, and that's a turn two kill. Obviously, <laughs> opponent can play removal, or they can play graveyard hate. <laughs> But it's a an avenue. So to play around removal, you also have Walking Blister, which is part of your Bomb Man combo. Now, Walking Blister already has 1-1 counters on it. It also can remove a 1-1 counter to ping something. So if you have an Agatha Soul Cauldron in play and you've exiled the Phyrexian Devourer, and then you have in play or you just play a Walking Blister with 1 counter on it, you... <coughs> slow down, slow down. It's so hard. Okay. This is really Sorry. complicated. <laughs> it is quite complicated. So the deck has some really cool lines. So just to recap, if you have an Agatha Soul Cauldron in play and you've already used it to exile a Phyrexian Devourer, uh -huh. so all your creatures with 1-1 one, one counters can have the ability to exile a top card of your library and you put that many 1-1 one, one counters on it, mm -hmm. Now, if you play a Walking Blister, or if you already have a Walking Blister in play, with one counter or more, it doesn't matter, you can then just shoot the opponent out, and you are basically immune to, re to removal spells. To removal because spells, because you can always just, like... If they play a removal spell, you just exile, yeah. carry on in advance. Yeah, yeah shoot so response, that's good. Exactly. So it's very hard to interact with. Um, so those are the two combos in the deck. 
it's so, pretty... so, so but if I'm the opponent, which is like for our audience, that's much more likely. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best spot to actually use the removal? I guess when the the assault quadrant either the tap ability or like if it's on the stack in the first place. So the removal is the deck is pretty good against removal if it's just creature removal because you're kind of forced to remove the goblin engineer first because you know that's the one that's usually going to get the counter because it's searched for the devourer mm-hmm. but you know i can then so the deck plays ingenious smith which is uh two mana one a white for a one one when etb is you look at the top four cards of your library you can reveal an artifact to put it into your hand but importantly, whenever an artifact comes into play under your control, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. Oh, it gets counter. Oh, yeah. dude, this is like Synergy Deluxe. Synergy. Uh, <laughs> that, that ability only triggers once a turn, so it, you know, it's whatever. But importantly, it gets a 1-1 one, one counter, so it's going to have the ability as well. So that's another way of doing it. And then you also just make uh, Saga Constructs and put tokens on them as you exile more creatures with Soul Cauldron. So the best thing to remove, if you can, is the Cauldron itself, because the creatures only have the abilities if the cauldron's in play. It like, doesn't like grant them as an everlasting mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you excel the devourer and then you remove the cauldron, that combo is kind of gone. Some decks can play two devourers or more. It's uh, this one play one, but it's uh, the deck is I very guess you resilient. Could Karn for it if you wanted to, because that's also four yes. copies of Karn. Yep, true, absolutely true. I probably just didn't think of that in my games yesterday, <laughs> but I guess <laughs> it didn't come up actually. But um, yeah, if you can remove the cauldron, that's usually the best thing to do. If there's already a cauldron with the devourer and walking blister, you can't really beat it. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise, it's it's quite a resilient combo to just creature removal because you do keep playing creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but walking blister doesn't need to att- attack, but the rest do need to attack. So that's an important distinction. But oh, that's true. That's true. But also, if you just play a blister and it gets countered, then you can just remove the blister with the cauldron. Then all your creatures can ping as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, dude, I would have totally missed that. Yeah, it's so there's a lot of synergy in the deck. It's really, really cool. Um, I'll just walk you through the rest of the pieces. It's, it's a little of bit it. of a headache to play against this, honestly. Yeah. I had some really cool lines, and I'm sure I missed some as well. So to round it out, there's the four cauldrons. There's four chalice of the void, because there's no one drops, and you're playing eight soul lands. Spoiler. There's three lurs pedal and two mox opal as some more acceleration. Uh, there's two the one ring. They weren't great for me yesterday, but it's a very fast mana deck, so it kind of makes sense. And then the rest is, as we said, four Khan, three Ballista, three Engineer Smith, four Salvages, four Goblin Engineer. The mana base is pretty straightforward. Four City of Traders, four Ancient Tomb, four Cavernous Souls, four Plateau, four Urza Saga, and three Rustvale Bridge. That's the... comes to play tapped, but it's an artifact land that taps red or white What's and indestructible. The, it's the Plateau that's indestructible. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And artifact land, okay. Is there, is there any like overlap on creature types? I would guess human or maybe artificer? No, so there's human for the salvages and the ingenious smith. There's um, goblin because there's four goblin crater maker in the sideboard with goblin engineers, mm-hmm. um, but that's it. It's a bit... I and guess there's, one there's, there's three canisters right? on the sideboard, sorry, which is human as well. Yeah. Dude, I, I was looking at this deck list the entire time thinking that like all your your sideboard is also in the main deck and I was like, oh, and then <laughs> no. he's got like fourth Erlingas and four Kratomaker in the sideboard. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so <laughs> the sideboard very quickly is there's a Gyruda because the deck is all um, evens, of course. So it's a trade-off because Phyrexian Dragon Engine and Fable would be very good in the deck. But Garuda is kind of an is a payoff for when you have salvages and lines eye diamond, but nothing else. You can make infinite blue mana, and then you can play the Garuda, like get it from the companion zone, and then that could mill uh, a combo piece like a ballista. Oh, that gives you like a pretty good shot at winning the game. Though. Exactly, exactly, and it's just like a free six six. So I think it's worth playing Garuda. Then there's 
it's also Demon Kraken. I mean, that pushes it over. I, I won. My, I won my winning in by playing Cavern named Kraken. I I, <laughs> maybe I named Demon. Actually, I named Demon. Demon's cooler. Cavern named Demon. That I won a race against Scam with it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the sideboard. What, what is... do you do against like the the, the tempo deck? Oh, I got this like six mana creature. I have to play three mana for to get it in the first uh, place. Trust me. Trust me. It was like four mana because I had some soul lands. But yeah. Um, then there's some con targets. There's a Ballista, a Lion's Eye Diamond, and a Instarian Bridge and a Lattice. I almost sided the Instarian Bridge in one game before realizing that turns off Garuda, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, three Cannonists, four Crater Maker, and a really cool idea that's just completely Canacans is three fourth Aeolingus because it's uh, even mana cost, so you can still play it. Um, oh, that's cute. And Crater Maker is really cool because it's an activated ability, so you can exit with Cauldron and use your other creatures to kill stuff. Pretty cool interaction. But hey, that honestly, that looks like a lot of fun. Like a lot, yeah. lot, lot of fun. So my thoughts on the deck is it is a ton of fun. Like I did some really wild plays. People had no idea what was going on. It's incredibly hard to play against, even if you know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, people just really just said, Look, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try and make a play and see if it works. So it's got the, the rogue element. It felt a bit inconsistent. It was, you've got like four Khan, four salvages and two rings as like high mana things. You've got a fair bit of fast mana. It was prone to mana flu and uh, mm -hmm. flood and screw. You could draw the wrong piece of the combo. Both, Actually, com both, both combos use the graveyard and artifacts activated mm -hmm. abilities. So it's weak to graveyard hate and like null rods. Uh, it's pretty resilient to meltdown, which is nice, but yeah. otherwise the deck is cool. It's, it's kind of like, I would say, lower B tier middle. It's got some very powerful interactions and can just kill people very quickly. Some games you just go turn one chalice, turn two Khan or, or combo and you just get them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was wondering, yeah. like when you say it's too inconsistent, there's like three LEDs and four servitors. Is there like a world where we remove those seven cards and the combo and we, we add something that adds consistency and maybe also wins without going through the graveyard? Yeah, potentially. Uh, like, like for example, like you put like three, I'm just like spitballing. Yeah. You put three fourth Erlingas in the main. You put like, okay, I don't know if we get rid of the Garuda. You said it was really good, but if I didn't it's only know good that, with I would have... you, you say what? It's only good with the salvages combo. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah we, we could actually put in, let's say, uh, four Fables and three fourth Erlingas. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like a lot of mana, but I mean, we're also, also cutting a four mana creature. Yeah, I guess so. The, the Bomb Man combo felt better than the soul cauldron combo oh, oh did honestly. it okay yeah okay the soul cauldron combo while it's good against removal like it still uses the graveyard as well and it's kind of weaker to surgical extraction because bomb man it's cooler. is it's cooler um but also the combo pieces do less on their own so against just guy i won a game by well i almost won game three as well by using salvages to just rebuy a counter chalice and then to rebuy a walking <laughs> blister that they tried to swords and stuff that's sick uh you can rebuy like uh lotus pedal and in the actual bomb, in the pure bomb man lists, you'd be rebuying baubles and stuff. So salvages is actually quite a good card. It's also worth mentioning salvages is an activated ability, which you can act, you can excel with cauldron <laughs> and combo with something else, which is quite cool. Um, so I think the amalgamation, like the the meeting of two combos, is just like you're accepting that you're weak to like a plethora of hate, and you hope mm -hmm. that the power of saga plus Khan and like chalice can just fight through these. Um, the whole format is so yeah. addicted to artifacts these days. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's like all about artifacts. It's a tough time to play this deck. There is four crater makers in the sideboard to like hopefully kill the null rods. And 
you know, you are quite good against Meltdown. You don't play that much fast mana and you have indestructible mm -hmm. artifact lands and stuff. It's uh, pretty good there. But yeah, it's it's a really fun deck. I would expect to like, you know, play in a league and go 3-2 fairly often and with very good play. Like Kanakan is just the, the absolute yeah. god of Bomberman. I think with tight play, you can do very well with it. Really fun. Uh, is that going to be like a cool yeah. name for the deck? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, my name is terrible. Uh, I call it one hell of a pile. One hell of a pile. We'll we'll see if uh, Twitter that's six. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what happens if you accidentally draw that Phyrexian Devourer? Is oh, that it as, sucks. Is, is, is it is it as bad as drawing a? Let's say, I mean, like, you can pay for, like you, you play pay six mana and then you go to town for one a turn. Yeah, you can pay six mana or you can discard its LED. Which, oh, like, which like, actually comes up Are you seriously telling me to play six mana for a one one <laughs> and hope hey, that and hope that it doesn't get exiled by swords plowshares or something? Well, no, no, like, no, you, you can you can get, you get a bunch yourself. of life if you. No, no, you'll <laughs> just kill it yourself in response to swords. You exile your deck until it's got seven power, then you sacrifice it. Oh, that's yeah, so that, cute! It has no, a no, you shot them. Yeah, it has like a, a, a built-in time bomb. That's cool. Yes, and that's yes. like a self-destruction system. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're unlucky, you literally like exile. I don't know, like all the other win conditions or something. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, okay, okay. That's Karn. That's Karn. Okay. I think the, yeah, the wildest play I had was against Post, where I had my only untapped land was a Saga, I had an LED in play and a Soul Cauldron untapped, and my opponent is uh, goes to Force of Vigor, my LED and my Soul Cauldron end of turn. The Saga's on two. And in response, I sacrificed my LED, discarding the Devourer and one or two random cards, used the mana from the LED to make a construct of the Saga, and then used the Soul Cauldron to exile the Devourer in response and make a 25-25 construct. Just out of nowhere. And they're like, oh shit, I didn't oh. see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can do that, yeah. So my lovely opponent goes to concede, and I'm like, hold on, hold on, this is the end of my turn. You, you have a draw step. And so they draw and play Ulamog and exile it. But oh, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! That, so yeah, really amazing. fun deck. I do. If you're a fan of like artifacts, if you're a fan of you know weird artifact combos, absolutely play this deck. It's very powerful. You will do well. I don't think it's amazing, amazing, but it's it's really good. It's it's really fun as well. Awesome. So we're definitely gonna link it in the show notes. And yeah. uh, if you ever go to stream, it definitely hit me up and, and post it to the Discord because oh, I, I want to see that deck in action. I've played the deck in a few leagues, and playing the Bombman combo online is just so tough. Oh, that's so annoying, right? Yeah. I mean, you could do show matches or something if you want to. Like, I'm always yeah. down for that. Half the people can see to it, which is nice. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also that time, right? Yeah. And yeah, true. Yeah, I guess that works. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's my bit. Cool. <laughs> so, so Kai, actually, Kai, you. <laughs> Kai's got the best story. Uh, Kai's got the best story because I've actually I posted a couple of screenshots. Oh my goodness, dude. so good! <laughs> dude, I, I almost forgot about this uh, this challenge from April. That's why I put in the smoke. screenshots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I'm gonna tell the story. So one evening, Kai randomly messages us on our like everyday eternal. We're, like boomer facebook chat guys why are we still using that like we can use like whatsapp i don't know uh is, is it legal to use whatsapp in the in the uk you guys also use whatsapp right yeah of course <laughs> of course like everybody else okay so kai messages us and he's like yo guys i just played top eight with doomsday and he's like and we're like good luck good luck and and then kai posts yo quarterfinals is beans for color call it a buy Ha ha! <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how I laugh, but yeah, close enough. <laughs> that's pretty close, I think. So, 15 minutes later, we get another message from Kai. Like, nothing happened in between. He's like, 
Oh, wait, hold on. Fuck. Capital letters. He posts a screenshot. I lost that game. Lol. Gosh, this happens every time I call this matchup a bye. And you dropped out. <laughs> and, and you see the screenshot with, yeah. uh, with, with me, uh, who has successfully resolved an Ember Cool Dion's Thorn with double counter, no, with double force will back up a cavern of souls, a Thassa's Oracle, and a spell pierce in my hand versus a whole color control. I have no idea how you lost that. And it's quite impressive, I just, honestly. Dude, I just, thank you. <laughs> I just lo- dude i just lost that game for the very first time and that just blew my mind i don't know like every time you, you call a deck a buy like you keep losing to it and it's just it's just bad karma but it happens every time um so uh for for beginners basically what doomsday does versus four color control is like you since they have a, the the whole range of um of hate versus doomsday right like be it dress down endurance counter spells pyroblast what have you um all these things combined you go super slow as a doomsday player post doomsday and you play things like cavern of souls obviously but also things like sheldog i'll ember cool because that's completely sidesteps endurance and dress down right um it's a little soft to fairy time reveler in wasteland but you know like you may basically you make your opponent have everything and um and the pie also consists of multiple force of wills a fastest oracle and just all the tools basically and apparently was, not all the tools dude and this was the first time i played against control deck with uh, prisma uh, what's it called leyline bonding and, and i just savior oh my goodness and, the, and i did you guys remember visitors of the coast even made that announcement yeah. of hey you know then we know we don't make any changes because we believe that leyline binding is gonna you know Bring keep, balance to legacy yeah and i was like like back then i was like like what like what the fuck are you talking about right like who, no one plays that card ever and that was even before beanstalk so um and, and now i got completely crushed i did not think about leyline bonding being able to exile ember cool the eon thorn so I got an extra turn, which was really nice, but with no dude, it's you know it didn't really do anything, and and then later, yeah, and then I ended up having having still cavern of souls and thousands of oracle and double force will back up, and my opponent like and I go with an empty library, I go cavern of souls, thousands of oracle, opponent goes dress down response, I force, they blast, I force, they veil, and I literally <laughs> lost that dude, game. Right. The thing is, Kai. I could have sworn that two years ago, you you guys remember when there was this allegedly South Korean high roller who sponsored like a lot of like quote unquote grudge matches in Legacy, like your match oh, against yeah. Callum, for example, that was sponsored, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And there was a match that um, uh, uh, Brian Cobalt, Russian role, played, and I thought he played against you, but he could have also played against Max Torsion. I'm not sure which one it was. It was a Doomsday player. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was me. It was. It was uh, you, yeah. dude. Literally, that was two years ago, and you literally lost the very same way, except for Leyline Binding. Like, the, the, when I watched, like, I think it was, like, pretty close in the end, like, match-wise. Match but every time Doomsday lost, Doomsday got to resolve a Doomsday. And what I took away from that two years ago was that, like, the Forkala deck is actually happy seeing Doomsday resolve. And I think you back then even stopped doing the Emrakul thing. And I don't remember why exactly, but there was a reason. So this is, like, giving me some serious flashback because I... I, I Maybe this is just like the weirdest déjà vu effect or something, but but I could have sworn that two years ago that matchup played out exactly the same with Doomsday resolving Doomsday every single time and time and like more than fifty percent still losing. Oh yeah, like in general, people it, it almost doesn't matter what what deck you're on. Like people try to be as controlly as possible after Doomsday, right? Like, like they, they try to disrupt the Doomsday play as much as they can, even after Doomsday, and just you know try that try to mm-hmm. yeah just delay the game and but what you probably should do instead is just try to win 
you know. Because sometimes Doomsday players go really slow after Doomsday, sometimes. And they, they want to have like some extra protection, some discard spells, some counter magic, maybe the cavern of souls. All these things delay the actual kill, right? And I had it a few times where our opponent um, untaps and casts a 4 fear lingers for X3 and I die. You know, that think, happened so much to me, yeah. dude. I did that so much. With, with I, had, I had that just like a few nights ago playing a initiative league and they go tome, turn two doomsday or something. I'm like, four thing lingers for three. Hope that you dude. put like two street race in your pile and they just concede. Uh, and yeah. this is such, such a demoralizing way to do it, to, to lose that game. Because, dude, I put like at least a minute or two of my brain power into this, you know, and you just untap and tap your stupid mana to cast yeah. that stupid new spell. Like having watched your stream a minute or two doesn't really amount too much. <laughs> like I was watching you yesterday, right? You got the top 16 in yesterday's challenge. I think there was one doomsday pile where you were like thinking for like 10 minutes almost. Oh yeah, just okay. Cause so I don't do this in, in <laughs> I don't do this in paper, but in I Magic Online, in Magic, like, imagine if you take like ten minutes. Oh my goodness, dude! It's like chat rocks. Someone like I'll come back later. <laughs> <laughs> and you go like, yeah, yeah, I, I got this, I got this. You know, <laughs> so, which extra turn is this? zero, <laughs> zero still. Oh yeah. Oh my that's... goodness. But that yeah. So um, because Are you happy that. With say? Well, that so so that game that um um top eight quarterfinal game that really gave me a lot of headaches and um martin nielsen and i like we we've been brewing on doomsday for fucking ever i think and a few weeks later we just came up with an incredible new tech uh that beats exactly this scenario and um this is brand new guys and um it's boseju who endures in the sideboard and what this card oh, does yeah. oh my and, god and, and, <laughs> I am never gonna financially recover from this. Actually, I don't, I don't know. Is that procedure worth a lot of money? I have no idea, dude. This is, oh, I feel it, so privileged. I'm, oh, I'm so stupid. It's not ex ex expensive. I just wanted but, to use that. <laughs> okay. But, dude, have you ever procedured a leyline bonding which holds an Ember Cool D on Storm? Oh. Dude. Oh. Not well, too bad, huh? Not too bad. Well, you'd, where, 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 are you where are you destroying the leyline bonding? What do you mean? Because there's an Ember Cool under it. So you're letting the trigger resolve. Oh, the, so the Emrakul's under it. Yeah, exactly. And then and then no, they blow it up. You don't want to do that. Oh, wait, what's, what's that? If you kill the like, assume you're taking a second turn, and then you're going to attacks. If you destroy the leyline binding with the trigger on the stack, it'll never exile the Emrakul, so you get to attack. Oh, you're, because it's like not. Oh, I think we keep yeah. talking about this because it's not the Oblivion <laughs> Ring clause, right? No, it's not. You're welcome, Kai. They, they fixed it like a decade ago, but I still keep thinking about Oblivion Ring. Yeah, but yeah. they are already printed like Banishing Light and Leyland Binding. And, and my yeah, head is it's still new like templating. So, so like, it's a very common thing in the Leyland Binding mirrors. If you Leyland Binding, a Leyland Binding, the first one won't exile something, etc. So yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Tri oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kai, oh, make so sure... so smart. Dude, you, yeah. you, you, just, you just make the text so much better. The text even better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but the other cool thing what Poseidon does is it, it also destroys stress down and that's mm. I, and that's even more important than destroying the leyline binding because yeah. you know if they want to get rid of the emrakul the thing is like it's a lot of the times i with, with that extra turn i don't even have enough attacks with emrakul to mm -hmm. actually kill my opponents <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I, so I would because say you deck out first yeah i deck it's out first funny. because right do you because you go shellock isle that's your usually the top card of your pile you so you exile the fourth card which is um emrakul and then you have three cards left and then you pass yeah. a turn, opponent passes back or whatever, and then you cast the Emrakul's 
uh, Emrakul after you drew the middle card of your pile, mm -hmm. and it gives you an extra turn. So you take another turn, draw basically. We have only ta two cards so left in the pile. At you can't beat thirty-one life, or you're like you drawing one card. Uh, you can't beat thirty-one life, or like the opponent delaying the attack with something. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that, yeah, that's I where killing the villain with the trigger on the stack is going to be very important as well. Exactly. Oh, definitely. Yeah, totally. Also, like, I want to see something where they go like, Uro sorts the plowshares. My Uro is like, yeah, you can't, dude, your pile can't beat this. <laughs> yeah, true, well, actually. What, what I would say about this plan, though, yeah. is for Leyline Binding, it makes sense, but I'd worry that, like, they probably side them out, probably. I guess maybe not in this match here, but it's the kind of card that's just going to be in their hand in multiples until late game, until this comes up. So there's a very good chance they have a second one. And it being only one mana, like, it might just still have the second one. But Dress Down they're less likely to have multiples because they just play less right. and it costs twice as much mana. So I can see Killing well, Dress Down coming up more than Binding, exactly. actually. So the the, uh, the listener may ask, like, yeah, Kai, why aren't you playing, like, an Abrupt Decay, for example, you know, which is basically the same thing. Well, there is... It doesn't kill them Binding to start. No, dude. No, no. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> close <laughs> enough, dude. But there, there's this card called... Dude, there's a card called... Veil of Veil, Summer? Veil of Summer, dude. Yeah. Nice. Veil of Summer. Poseidon gets past Veil of Summer. And that is, like... That just blew my mind. Um, You're so good you, you guys are too smart for your own good. This is like scary stuff. Oh, because, yeah, but that was the only the only topic we had to solve. So, like, you know, we had a lot of... Oh, everything else is solved. Like, the demo matchup is still yeah. abysmal, but, you know, we, we solved this problem. <laughs> I like it a lot, though, because you're already quite happy to play green. I know blue-black is kind of fairly stock, but green adds a lot. And, like, uh, Fuzz... Was it Fuzz 65? Mm -hmm. yeah. He plays green a lot and he does very well with it. So like you're not unhappy to go into green. And I assume you just play one Viseju and it like so it doesn't take up a lot because you just put it into the pile. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's so, a single slot. It also adds up really nicely as an additional land if you want if you need it. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah. Like I was I was so off green or so off any third color because um you, you need to maximize on blue and black banner on mm -hmm. um, this deck, but holy smokes, Veil of Summer is good. I mean I just you but know Veil of Summer is like the <laughs> one of the biggest influences on the on the format right now, at least for me as well, right? With painter, but I I'll get to that in a moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you, you basically need Veil of Summer right now, because other otherwise you you just completely get run over by scam and you know, other, other decks. Like, the, even him to Torox sees play these days, so... I mean, it's also pretty good against Doomsday. I, I mean, yeah, we are already talking about that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know I want to say something smart? <laughs> Dude, I, you know what I want to do? I want to try and, like, a podcast about a different card game, pretend that I know it really well, and then I try to, like, make it seem so, like, nobody notices that I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm doing pretty well already. Yeah, it's not a better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I'm just taking the piss you guys constantly. Just... <laughs> yeah, I've been keeping it up for 10 years, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why, you got, why I got you guys on the show now. <laughs> but, Kai, are you, well, you're not playing in Eternal Weekend, right? You're, you're busy signing a lot of stuff, but would you play Doomsday in Eternal Weekend? So, yesterday when I streamed the Legacy Challenge, spoiler alert, I, I made top 16, which was, uh, you know, a, a nice record, but um, definitely not peak magic um i told everyone on stream that this is this buck doomsday deck with Poseidon on the sideboard and veil of summers and even a single copy of peak in the main deck oh come on really dude yeah it's like a support <laughs> it's like a support wheel <laughs> didn't you call that a crutch or something dude, it's so bad most of the time but <laughs> of course it is but, but i can appreciate it when when a player says like the, the hidden information is worth so so much i'm willing to play the peak i dude, can appreciate that 
Dude, I had I had a player who. I mean, fought- I wouldn't play it in Burn or something. Dude, but- I, I got I got peak Force of Will already, so this card is definitely worth it. <laughs> Wait, you got peak Force of Will like as part of a Doomsday pile or something? No, no, no. I I got a peak like even before Doomsday. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the thing. What does that make you think as a Doomsday player? Well, so they they killed they killed me a few turns later with Double Fluster Storm, which I didn't know about. So um, but that makes you know, even less sense than that they would fight over the peak. No, because you know usually Doomsday players protect Doomsdays with let's say like a da- Daisies or a Force of Wills maybe. Sometimes they have like a, a Thoughties effect, but Thoughties is really not that common anymore. You might see like a copy or two maybe, mm-hmm. but Fluster Storm like you can't really. Force will a fluster storm. That that's that's the thing, right? And uh, my opponent want to basically hide the information that they have two fluster storms in hand. And I had like a backup force will, but it didn't really do anything. Okay, is this just the next step where people play like fluster storm against spider storm? I, 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 seriously, I, I want to say like we, we've been through this like three years ago. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But you know, it they just keep coming, coming back. back. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> coming back. Also, I I got a note at this point that control decks these days are absolute terrible versus com- combo decks like if you're on a com- if you're a combo player you you're probably more than happy to play against any of those uh beanstalk decks because they are not ready for combo in especially general especially in the quarterfinals of a legacy challenge <laughs> god damn it <laughs> no I, I get what you yeah. say dude I, i'm excited like but, I, I, do you think like a lot of like doomsday players are gonna jump on the attack of the that's um besiege attack oh i totally recommend it um but like Doomsday, like the the combo is so compact that you can basically almost build any type of Doomsday deck and probably do well because they all have something common that's turn one Dark Ritual Doomsday. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, to like to to um to run down the um the tournament from yesterday just really quickly. So, but if I knew that I was gonna get paired against a mono black aggro, double Boros initiative, and three blue black scam decks. This one, is the worst. Like, how did you make and, top 60? Dude, and one painter deck. I would not have picked Doomsday. Oh my goodness. Dude. You couldn't pick worse matchups almost. Seriously. Seriously. Even like the first round, Mono Black Aggro is not a good matchup. They got opposition agents and things. And um, Boros Initiative is a coin flip matchup. So I lost uh, 1-2 and two, and then 1-2-1. One, one. And then um, there were I faced three different scam decks. The first one had Tomb to Turok. The second one was a Death Shadow List, and the third one had had stifles in it and dress downs. And <laughs> dude, I, I, so somebody got up in the morning and were like, "I'm gonna be Doomsday." Oh, dude, like they were so prepared, right? So the good news is that I actually beat two of those opponents, and that totally made my day. Um, couldn't beat the third player, and then I also somehow managed to beat Painter. Dude, I keep losing to Magus of the Moon. Have I ever told you that? Dude, this <sighs> is like one of the main reasons why it's selling that deck. Yeah. What? Yeah, what a stinker! Oh, bro. <laughs> what a stinker! Like, I want to say, Magus of the Moon is like I, I almost want to say like it's more than fifty percent of the justification for it being in the deck is like combo decks, and it's almost yes. like less than fifty percent is like just hosting random land decks or something. I think it always has been. Like I've always said yeah, in yeah, the Discord, I agree, I agree. Mix is the best anti-combo card. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> that, that card is such a oh my goodness! He's dude. a meanie. It's, it's especially funny like post Doomsday when they go Doomsday and you play Magus and they they like it, it takes like twenty seconds and then yeah. they're like. Concede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Nobody yeah, puts like two lotus petals in a doomsday pile. <laughs> no, dude, never. Yeah, but um, it was yeah, it was it was a decent run despite those matchups. So if I knew that 
the meta game would uh, look like this, I'd probably heavily change my um, my decision. So I was hoping, and this is this is based based on information I have from decks uh, that are currently doing well from Japan mostly and Magic Online, is that um, pay, uh, aggro decks like Delver decks and Scam decks are a little bit on a decline recently, especially in Japan, because um, you see more up the beanstalk decks, right? And the up the beanstalk decks with Uro. Um, and even crazy stuff like, I don't know, like even up to Solitude maybe sometimes, Yorion. But all up, these... up, up the Solitude. Dude, those cards are just no bueno for Scam. Oh my goodness, dude. They, they just lose left and right. And so we have like a little bit of a shift there, um, which I didn't see yesterday in the challenge. But my hopes were that I get paired against a lot of control decks and can use Poseidon quite often. But that didn't happen mm -hmm. yesterday. But let's see. Like it might happen for the Eternal Weekend. Yeah, there's yeah. still some randomness, right? You're, I, I you're... think. I mean, we can get to predictions in a minute, but I, I do think four color like Bean probably is the best deck in the format now, in my opinion. And but I think it's kind of it has to get out of the waters of a very open meta game, otherwise. So as we saw at Four Seasons last, like there was four color control everywhere at the top tables after round five and six. So I think that's where Doomsday will thrive once you get there. But you need to get out of the the painters and the chalice decks and the moon stompies and what whatnot mm -hmm. first so mm -hmm. it's it's tough going at the beginning actually let's let's get into that um basically mm -hmm. in, in a moment i quickly want to jump actually there's not really... painter with you well yeah there's actually not so much I, I just scrolled up back again and there's actually not too much to say but i think yeah, something that i've been getting a lot of questions about is my current list and i didn't actually play that in the okay let, let's start at the very beginning last episode you guys remember i was talking about how I felt like in one of the biggest slumps of my legacy quote-unquote career ever, where I was like actually losing a lot more than I'm used to, and mm -hmm. it felt like pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess you know, <laughs> sometimes you just like turn things around. I, I won uh, Isetara ever since, and yeah. I top yeah, yeah. eight the legacy challenge. Easy, so you just got to complain, and then everything goes right. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, maybe, you, know, you know what the secret is? You stop like watching youtube and editing a podcast on the side as you play and grind away <laughs> it's like you can't really do that when you're playing a paper event right maybe that helps who knows <laughs> no etc was great again i think we got like 39 people uh, nice 39, 40 people like a pretty pretty good field like and whoa like <laughs> my opponents i had to battle through like uh six swiss rounds i believe yeah it must be six no seven no, six, six, yeah. You played and, all six like, as well? I had to play against, like, Johannes Gutbrot, who's, like, the only other guy who ever won, like, two MKM Legacy main events, and also against, like, Mark Vogt, who still is the winner of the very last ever Legacy GP to this mm -hmm. day. And Mark is pretty good. Mark is cracked, as the kids say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. And also the deck he played, very much cracked. Because if you know Mark, you think he's going to play some four or five color control. Uh-uh, he's going, like way over the top there we, we'll get to that in in a moment because that's one of my dark horse hot picks for um what's it mm -hmm. called eternal weekend i keep <laughs> i keep saying like four seasons or something but yeah um this deck list that you see on mtg top eight that one still has chaos defile in it and i i, I kind of want to say i think i'm not gonna play chaos defiler in um, uh prague and the reason being that I finally did the thing that I've been talking about for basically two or three months. I, I think Marcus Ewald back in Four Seasons recommended this to me. And then like I've been talking about this ever since, but I never really did it. And that is to add two copies of Fourth Erlingas to the main deck of Painter. And that card has like been pulling so much weight. I said I to do it at Four Seasons, but I didn't pull the trigger. 
You didn't? No. Yeah, me neither. Like, I only, like, I kept talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, come yeah. on, Julian. Like, let, let's not be the guy who at some point is like, oh, I wish I had tried it, but I never did. No, just like, this, yeah. is the, this is the reason I didn't have a proper Khan sideboard for the whole of the main event, because I'd built the deck the night before and then last minute audibled and forgot to put the, like, uh, things back in. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. But I remember, like, you, not only Marcus, like, Marcus and you were talking about this at first. Yeah, instance, yeah. Because right? I, yeah. I mentioned I it and then Marcus from... tried to convince me. I had the idea already, but Marcus was trying to convince me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I can very much recommend it. I didn't it. pull okay. the trigger, and you did, and so props, because it looks sick, actually. Yeah, it, it also feels really sick. I was wondering whether it's actually worth it, but the the beautiful thing about it is, um, I, I guess the core problem for me with Painter, and also why I've been somewhat down on Painter, was that I felt like more disadvantaged against four and five color control than I used to be, most importantly, Absolutely. because yeah, because they, they have like a super hard-hitting win condition that we can't really overcome. That they can protect with weight of summer and our, our like as in fourth Erlingas. And like when you look at these deck lists, especially like Sio Francona and guys, and like all the Italians, they get like three copies of weight of summer main deck. Like even if you don't put painter on blue, like if you don't put painter on blue, then you can't blast the fourth Erlingas. So it's like a losing battle either way. Yeah. And that's kind of messed me up. So I wanted to have my own fourth Erlingas because I felt like, hey, it's gonna carry some weight maybe. But the most surprising thing to me was that it's so good in all the other matchups. It's so, so good. Like Kai already mentioned, like you get fourth Erlingas and Doomsday out of nowhere. You, you <laughs> literally, I can't emphasize how good it is. Like you, you get down your turn when, I don't know, Painter or something or, or Welder, and then you randomly run it out against Force of Field most of the time. That's fine. And if you don't, like in the mid game, I, I could have posted so many screenshots on Twitter. I actually kind of stopped myself because, <laughs> I mean, people will know about it, I guess, but not, I, I didn't want to. fully, though. Yeah, I, I didn't want to spam it all over Twitter with like all the great screenshots about how it worked for me because I felt like maybe that's actually giving, like, I think I'm a little bit reading too much into into the reach that that would have, but mm. I, I kind of want to mm. like Keep deserve it, some kind of surprise factor. So yeah, yeah. let's not talk about it on this podcast. It's going to go out to lots of people that go to Eternal Weekend. <laughs> but no, but seriously, like two it, copies though. felt amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I didn't want a third copy, but whenever I drew it, I, I was, because the, the cool two cards are cutters. I mean, you have to make some cuts and I hate it when people are like, hmm, this list doesn't have X, Y, Z. Like, yeah, because this is 60 cards. You can go 61 if you want to. Yeah. But I, I cut Breyer's Apprentice, which kind of is the same slot, like the mid-range something. Yeah. I mean, there's mm -hmm. upsides to it, especially I against stack and stuff. Apprentice for like a long time now and it, it was never bad and i kind of regret cutting it and just being used to cutting it because i think it actually does show up a lot it's it's pretty damn yeah. good in the deck it's, it's, it's just, really damn good it's yeah. just the 61st card all the Kinda. time yeah. always the bridesmaid is the term isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the other kind of cut is either one canon is because that's the one that basically sticks out the most to me yeah, it's funny, and yeah. i've been super happy with that list lately nice. and Do you, yeah you uh, sorry god I was just saying, I mean, we're going to link it in the show notes. You can also probably find it on my Twitter. Uh, but it's also going to be on, like, all the MTG Top 8, whatever, like, where you find deck lists. Um, but, yeah, this is... I, I, I Right now, I wouldn't even change anything. The only thing that's, like... People are always like, oh, but the sideboard is very much built for Magic Online. I'm like, yes, it is. But I also don't really know what I would change for paper because there's... there's Paper's really just a bit more I random want. and you've got to try and prepare for something. Yeah. yeah, like my, yeah. my, my sideboard is like, this is a typical Julian sideboard, right? This is what a Julian sideboard would look like. It's got four copies of Leyland of the Void, four Megas of the Moon, three Mindback Trap, two Surgical Extraction, one Trinity Sphere, and one either Swan Canonist. Also, I just realized for etc. I think they missubmitted my deck list. Okay, so don't go by the by the <laughs> MTG Top 8 deck list. Um, I, lo I love that sideboard, though. Um, it's super straightforward, right? Cool. I've got some questions which I think do get asked about the deck me. quite often. 
so just on the sideboard then um how come no pithy needle well yeah that's why i mean so they missed mis- my deck that's list. why i started there cool <laughs> easy there should be one <laughs> so um, that's one that one of copying the side if you, if you go to like mtg.mtgo.com mm-hmm. and go to deck list and stuff like it should be there tell me about the trinosphere has it been good yeah, Trinisphere is basically a 15 sidebar card. Like, if I was okay. only ever going to change one thing, that would be it. And so the, the thing about the Trinisphere is I knew I kind of wanted that slot to cover some something combo-related-lish, but it didn't really need to be some hard-hitting combo hate, some, something that's just, like, adds to it. But that's also, like, applicable in other matchups. And I, I noticed I've been enjoying it quite a lot against control decks. I've been enjoying it quite a lot against tempo decks. I mm-hmm. liked it on the play, on the draw. It's like a, eh... You know, like they go turn one dive, I turn to Wasteland, you and you're like turn to oh, yeah. like Ancient Tomb, smog, uh, Lotus Petal <laughs> Trini Sphere, they're like sweet. <laughs> Sign me up, dude. <laughs> but on the play, I've been enjoying it quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, it could, like that's the one slot that I could be negotiated mm-hmm. into something else. I, I have that luxury problem of, I actually don't know whether I want something else in the sideboard. Like, yeah, I've, I've had that with this deck a long time, like... The, the main deck is incredibly tight and really hard to build, but the sideboard, there's always been like two-ish slots that are like, oh, I don't really know. I often Could put Thorns anything. there, and I've liked Thorn, and I think I like it even more against the current uh, four-color mm-hmm. control decks, but Trinisphere yeah, does a similar thing. Thorn is basically, thing. right, you get the upside, Thorn is a lot better if you draw it, especially early on. Mm-hmm. It, like if you, mm-hmm. Even against like combo, uh, not combo, yeah, combo, of course, but against tempo decks, like if you're on the play and you go turn one Thorn, like it's such a headache for them. Like they can never properly daze. Their cantrips are so bad. They're like their assault, quote unquote, is delayed. Like everything sucks for them. And I, I, I've been in positions. Uh, I think last time when I played in Berlin, Kai at your at your Brettspiel Platz mm. tournament, I think I played like two or three copies of Thorn, and I enjoyed those. But yeah, the Trinity mm-hmm. Sphere could be a Thorn. Of course, it's a lot hard, uh, harder hitting. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. If there was one flex slot, that would be it. But I'm I'm pretty excited for the deck. I think it's not like tier one busted. No. I think it's pretty good. It has a good shot. Yeah. I got uh, one more question though. Is so fourth thing list has been amazing. Um, you're playing swords main deck right with mm-hmm. the white. Do Four you copies, think yeah. so? I, one, are you happy with them? And two, if you weren't, would you still splash the fourth? Okay, so. I've been very happy with Swords. You okay, know, cool. b- before last season, I was like on Team Bridge and you were like on t- Team Swords. And I was mm-hmm. like, nah, I kind of like Bridge, but I- I've tried Swords afterwards and I've liked them a lot, like cool. so much that that I would feel like, dude, this is this is the way to go for the deck. Because I'm, I'm genuinely curious, not being like, oh, I did it. It's no, no, um, no. <laughs> I, I haven't been able to play anywhere near as much as you recently. So for no, me so playing... it's just like the flexibility is insane. Also like exactly. the tempo advantage and stuff, like they play yeah. something. Uh, like you can leverage your tempo in so many ways just because you got those soul lands. And if you're playing against mm-hmm. decks that don't have soul lands, all of a sudden like your one mana removal spell trading against their one mana thing is still like tempo positive for you. Kind of, it buys your turn and you have and a soul land. kind of okay even to throw a pedal for it because you're getting the mana off your mana base to be yeah yeah I, i'm not a big fan of doing that to. but i mean yeah of course there's definitely yeah. situations where it's totally worth it yeah so would i be splashing fourth erlingas if somehow swords sucked or was never printed i would guess <laughs> yes but i would probably try to yeah actually no I, yeah i think i would i cool. would just that, like play it i, I would really like cool reconsider how it's to almost better with it's almost better if you play bolts over swords because it kills them more. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I yeah, mean, yeah. also it clears a block. Well, okay, so swords splatters also clears a block. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is this is also it gives me another reason to buy those sweet Savatarix tokens next week. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hi, awesome. h- how many of those tokens are you going to bring to Prague? Oh, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> One million <laughs> more than I can carry. Because <laughs> everyone, everyone like needs the- like five or something. 
Is this like Battle for so. Helm's Deep and then like Kai was, shows up and he like throws 10,000 tokens into the arena? I was gonna ask you guys, like, like what's the biggest Fourth Erlingus you've cast so far? Uh, actually not that big, I wanna say like 6 or 7x. I, that's still 9 mana, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you get in these situations with Painter sometimes against like other mid-range decks where you completely neutralize yourself and oh then you have like goodness. a bunch of crap cards and <laughs> like they draw like crap creatures that don't do anything and then like, oh, fourth Erling is GG. <laughs> And I mean, not cause, cause Apprentice, yeah, which is still a great card, but yeah. I mean, it's going to be a similar number to Entreaty Angels maybe from back then because the, the mana costs are basically the same. And um, all, I can, all I can remember is that uh, Miracle players used to play Entreaty Angels a lot for four or five angels, I think. Um, anything below that was, was was kind of almost soft to remove at, at some point because, you know, like if you double, so, um, if you have two plows, then almost all mm -hmm. the angels are gone. And if you overcommit, then, you know, that spell might get dazed or a spell pierced or a flusterstorm maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I saw like four or five a lot. But again, they, <laughs> like angels are a little different than uh, human knights who also crown you. Yeah, I love that so much, dude. Dude, seriously. Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is, one expensive card that I actually ordered in quite a while, but I, I've had the, the deck basically for, for like over a year now, yeah. so I guess I didn't really need to order new stuff, but yeah, this one, I, I very much feel for Erlingas, and yeah, has awesome. been working great for me, and I'm definitely going to play that, and so <laughs> look out for it, like, I actually <laughs> actually <laughs> had a game where I did it in the first turn, and then like you steal the initiative, and then, or, like oh. you don't steal the initiative, you, 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 you become the monarch, I need a monarch token. Oh, Ooh. Kai, you also got Monarch tokens, right? <laughs> all of them. All Kai's, of them. Kai's like opening his coat. I got all of them, mate. Got you, Kaga, dude. Yeah. I got him under my jacket. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually I'm so happy for this. And I'm Excellent. very much looking forward to it. So Hell yeah. should we should we jump into what we think are going to be, I don't know, like I, I hate like recommendations or like whatever. Like what do you think the meta game is looking right now? What do you think are like sweet picks? Uh, just... Open up your brain and let me know. I I have a lot of thoughts. I don't know where to start. I think you guys are better at figuring out where to start. Go on, Kai. Um, Open up your brain. So <laughs> Dude, I was so hoping Callum would go first. <laughs> when he said open up your brain, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so generally speaking, um, like as always, you should probably enter the event with uh, with the deck you like and you have the most experience, blah, blah, blah. But if you wanna, if you really wanna um, break down the meta game, it is basically dominated by fair decks um, right now. I think we can we can all agree on. Um, there are the up the beanstalk decks that all kind of look different. I wanna say they are four colored, five colored, sometimes even three colored, and play uh, things like Uro Leyline Binding is really common. You don't really see expressive um, prismatic ending um, that often anymore. Um, yeah, actually, true. Like a lot of times, mm -hmm. it's just like a two of us, right? So maybe like a, a little bit, a little bit of a, of a hidden info there is like if you if your deck supports enchantment removal in any way, just consider playing more of them and or maybe eventually in your main deck because I'm um, having answers to uh, resolve leyline binding is not terrible and I'm specifically looking at cards like Buseju who endures for example in green decks. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. That's a that's a pretty cool thing. Also, um, that card also made a, f a few decks in the meta game just like strictly worse um such as sneak control for example where just you know uh show and tell in a lane line bonding and that's that's actually pretty terrible if your opponent has not it's, an atroxa like sneak and show doesn't really like for as big as it's been in legacy for like decades it, it's not really that much of a thing like did did shape recently play it like yeah he, so he, 
he played it yesterday in a challenge and uh he, he and after that he he po uh, he tweeted like yeah i think i'm gonna get the um all access token to actually build a competitive deck and whenever he says something like that it's oh you just okay well i think it's probably not in the best spot right now yeah, scam is just so good against it right oh it's probably abysmal yeah yeah but Dude, right, i'm actually trying to see the last legacy challenge top eight jpa got is like almost half a year ago with sneak show with sneak show yeah, yeah. mm-hmm but yeah, um, so uh, I got to be honest, I'm not gonna cry for that deck. <laughs> oh no 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 no! <laughs> cry for me, I'm <laughs> But yeah, uh, loads of beanstalk, um, beanstalk soup decks, um, even all the way up to Yorion, and then you see a variety of tempo decks: a uh, B Grixis Delver, Rock Delver, Blue Black Scam. Oh gosh, Death Shadow. Like the, the list goes that, on. Death Shadow. On. Too, honestly, I I kind of feel like that's a I don't know, like a lie or something. Like people always talk about Death Shadow still being around, and I always feel like, no, it isn't. Like I never run into it. I don't see it. Nobody streams it. Well, maybe somebody doesn't. I not didn't notice, but uh, like a I few mean, months ago, there was it was a pretty even mix of Shadow and Scam, while people were working out Scam. And now I think the consensus has been Scam is a bit better, and all it's such an easy transition for most people that they've all been like, okay, I'm going to play Scam as well. Oh, it's totally, just got those underground yeah. seas. And, and yeah, I mean, I guess online is more realistic. Maybe there's more shadow and paper because mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. closer to a budget deck. It's not budget, but it's much closer than four UCs. Exactly. Uh, I think I, you actually yeah. made a really good point about like the meta game being pretty fair, right? There's yeah. there's there's not really anything that sticks out as like, oh, this is the big combo threat you got to be ready for. Like, what what's the closest to to like? A proper combo, like I, I, not not a random combo deck like Painter that also just like happens to sometimes kill you. It's like a I don't know Storm A plus B combo. I, I guess Painter is A plus B, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right? I think the best combo decks is um, either like kind of Tony Scapone, PO Grim Monolithy stuff or mm -hmm. Black Silver Storm. I think is still very good. Um, what about Doomsday? Mm -hmm. It's actually pretty terrible. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you have no other choice, then you you should probably run it. But in this meta game, not very good. It, it's because scam is actually almost impossible to defeat. It's almost worse than the blue red Ragavan expressive iteration deck because they attack your hand so much and they have counter magic and their clock is just ridiculously fast mm -hmm. and they have bowmaster. I think the only upside is that they don't have lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah watch them splash for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, i mean greek Gr 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 is also a deck and and they do have lightning board mm -hmm. exactly but you have, you have this, well. you have this you have this like this this, this uh this kind of like nice pair i want to say of like the tempo decks that keep all the combo decks in check and then you have the control decks the up to beanstalk decks that are really good versus those tempo decks but they don't even need to, de um, to dedicate to um, to combo decks all that much because all the scan decks already take care of those combo decks, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you have like mm -hmm. a little bit of like a, a balance there, and then obviously you have like the ancient tomb decks, uh, which which kind of you know, which are just the, like broken. The, yeah, like I mean, they kill everything anyway. So honestly, there's actually so many broken combo decks with like the ancient tomb. Like I mean, we, we already talked about painter, and that's like way more broken stuff. For example, turbo goblins. I've that's actually the deck I lost to in the uh, Romari Vidal shoutouts to him and mm -hmm. the quarterfinals of the last challenge. Uh, there's um, uh, what else is there? there there's, yeah, you already mentioned Tony Scaponi's deck. I think the one I like more is Sir's MTG's Paradox Engine deck, yeah. which is like completely like colorless and that's very even more explosive. Goes under the radar, I think, a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's it's somewhat less resilient. I guess it still plays um, 
I would guess like three or four copies of defense script. Yeah. And that deck was so impressive. Like I it's, played against it a couple of times and like I regularly got like smashed on the second turn. It's brutally powerful. Like you just feel like you have absolutely no shot. It can kill you turn one. It's pretty consistent turn two, three kill. It can pivot into huge constructs and stuff. But what draws me to Tony's kind of builds is I think if a combo deck can support force of will well, it's such a hugely powerful angle to mm -hmm. have that you are happy to like give up a whole turn's worth of speed for. So I, I do think Tony's deck is very good. I, I think part of the, his success is that he is also ridiculously good with his decks and combo decks, but I, I do think Black Saga Storm is actually pretty strong as well. And I think <clears throat> the combo decks are good. It's mm. just a tough metagame for it. And I think we'll see more in paper than online. Online does gravitate to a lot of this like scam and yeah. Grixis tempo. Mm -hmm. and and the thing this, about yeah, like yeah. The, the Black Saga Storm deck is it's so annoying to play against because you never really know whether you're playing against like the fast combo side of it, whether you're yeah. playing against the gacha with like Dark Ritual into a opposition agent side of the deck. Um, sometimes they just like get you with regular fair beats and what, what, what's the name? Shieldred and that kind of yeah, stuff. Shield, and you, like, you kept the hand agent, that has like, I don't know, like Graveyard Hate and I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to bring Graveyard Hate against them, but then they kill me mm. with Gaia as well. It's like so many angles of attack and it's just like annoying, fucking annoying to play against. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it does the thing like if you if your hate and what they do overlap then you get to play the game but if it doesn't overlap you get smashed mm -hmm. and that's usually what i'm looking for in a deck yeah i mean like how stupid do you feel with like a surgical or a ley line in play and then they just like bow masters into opposition agent you like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could write an essay about that <laughs> very very stupid yeah um and yeah there's like uh there's like mono black helm is another variation as well. I just think but the, that kind of fell off. It right? has it has, has fallen off a bit as well for sure. I'm just mentioning how different these versions can be. True. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And you don't know immediately. That's true. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so what I about eight cast? I think eight cast is really good. Really, really good. I agree. I think it's it's played quite a lot, and people obviously know it very well, and it's very respected, and it kind of goes in and out of the format, but. It's it also is surprisingly cheapish to build. I think yeah, no it's always very popular on paper, but it's yeah. it's really damn good this deck. So, um, I think we've talked about it a little bit between the three of us. We're kind of in a consensus that it's a not a sleeper because I think people do say it's close tier one, if not tier one. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised to see like at least one in a, each of the Eternal Weekend yeah. top eights or something. Mm -hmm. So. I guess there's a couple more decks. Um, one yeah. thing I want to quickly talk about, just so everybody's on the same page for this, the four and five color control decks. In my mind, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like there's basically like three ways that people build them, and I only really like one of them. So one of them is your engine is the one ring. The other one is your engine is Beanstalk. And the third one is you got the one ring and Beanstalk and Yorian to make it work. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. Yeah. Which one of those do you like? <clears throat> I like Beanstalk. I'm also, yeah, I'm also a big fan of Beanstalk. I mean, two mana is like this is not modern, right? Like we, we have we have things like Days in the Wasteland, and I don't know. It, like it, it, it almost feels like when I play against the deck and they get like the turn to Beanstalk, it almost feels like there's a like a clock ticking, like a countdown. Where I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna remove that Beanstalk. I already know that I'm not gonna like play Painter Blast the Beanstalk. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just like gonna say I actually, I'm gonna change my thing. I'm point. gonna my version is whatever Angelo Cadet is playing. That's that's my answer. <laughs> okay, well, Angelo is like super greedy, right? <laughs> so maybe he plays both. Does he play Yorian? I think Angelo is not a Yorian player. No, I think, maybe no, like no, no. Both without Yorian. <laughs> yeah, I think so actually. 
<laughs> yeah, I think he plays both without Yorian, and he he has like fourth Erlingas and like three. Isn't that like like kind of similar to list that? No, Sea of Francona is playing uh, Yorian in the sideboard, right? In the sideboard, sure. no, I mean, I better, yeah, I mean better in the sideboard than in the main deck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could side it in. Uh, Zio's, but, but I think they're quite similar. So maybe Angelo's on Yorian now. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm guessing, but uh, I'm going to say whatever the Italians are playing then. Yeah, and and what I want to like deduce from that is decks that I don't like, and I put this in the show notes already. Decks that I used to like that I don't like right now are mid-range decks that have no real plan. When they get punched in the face of fourth Erlingas. Like they don't have a plan before it, they don't have a plan after it. And I know we've seen some mid-range like dude, I don't want to say it, but come on, Maverick. You know? uh-uh. <laughs> I mean actually I, I would actually would need to change. I actually I would need to check because Maverick might have a plan against it if they like go pretty hard on God Octique and stuff. So that could actually be a thing. And I could actually see those those other decks, those four color decks almost struggling because you actually think about it. Like you can't fourth Erlingas. You cannot prismatic ending Gardoctique. You cannot um, what's a uh, Leilang binding it, and there's another card I forgot about that you can't do to it. <laughs> it's, it, it it's surprisingly I don't want to say mm. untouchable, but they they don't really. I guess okay. Here's the thing: they might still have two copies of Dressdown. Yes, yeah, so I I can back your story up here because there was a really cool game yesterday for the win in for the top eight at LM yesterday. There was Jamie Hardy who was helping me run it. Thanks again, Jamie. He was on pure green white depths with Legolas's quick reflexes, which is quite cool. And he was against Daniel, who top eighted then with uh, four colors. So spoilers: Jamie got to surgical the swords and then land the Galactique. And used to be lights out against that kind of. Thing. So he was like he just didn't draw lands at all. He played almost the whole game with two lands in play and slowly attacking and not attacking into endurance sometimes while his opponent daniel got a ring up to like six or seven counters or something played a new one i, he, I guess he had already reserved one yeah he drew but about you, you can't, you can't do that through god Optique. oh yeah sorry he, he did it oh he just cheated okay no no, no <laughs> he he had one already and got up to like high and then he was going through his whole deck and then he said sorry jamie it's taking ages but i have an out and so jamie was trying to like you know because the ring was on five, that was it, sorry. The ring was on five, and the Gallic was attacking for two, but he kept playing in a row and then escaping it, which would then, like, you know, get bounced <laughs> to the Krakus after crop rotation, and then he would, like, endurance the row away, blah, blah, blah. So the game was going on forever, and then he finally found the one dress down left in the deck that got to kill the Gallic Teague. But he was discarding, like, seven or eight cards to hand size every turn. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> like, uh, it, it was pretty wild, I don't know. But the Galaxy stopped like his whole deck. He said at one point he had seven cards in hand and he couldn't cast a single one. So yeah, Galactic is good. There we go. You know, now you actually make me wonder which other decks could play Galactic. Yeah, it's oh, kind of... like I mean, any any Green Sun deck, yeah. um, deck, even the Golgari um, Fiend Artisan deck, for example, like they oh, don't yeah, even totally. play a single Savannah, but they just still splash <laughs> it. It's, it's 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 cool because um, if you play the the Halfling, yeah, um, you, you, yeah, you you can cast Galactic um, cannot. Kind of counter, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, I love the play of surgicaling the sword so much. Yeah. No, like, but yeah, like as, as you guys said, like I think Garakik is actually excellent right now because it's also really good versus uh, Besiege the Mirror. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like these cards, you see a lot these days. So um, yeah, Garakik yeah. is the best it's been since Damn. like five years ago, I think. Holy smokes! Yeah. Cool. Sorry, oh. Julian. Carry on. No, uh, no, we, 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 I was just like working my way through my my thoughts and yeah, that's, yeah. that's actually pretty cool so i guess yeah if you so they do have a plan at least those maverick style decks mm-hmm. that, that's that's yeah. pretty cool Protect but, basically 
protect the king, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever, like, the, what is he, a Kithkin? Like, who's the ruler of a Kithkin? They oh, have, like, uh, they have like special names, right? Okay. Somebody is going to let us know in the comments. Yeah, Kip, yeah Kip Okay, here's, here's something I learned at the last etc. Because I played against Mark in the, I think, semi-finals, and I also watched him before, and I talked to him, because, you know, Mark Folk is very much known for, like, back then, miracles, what have you, control, 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 control. And Mark said, you know, that's just, like, too much control. Like, dude, if Mark says there's too much control, like, whoa, whoa, like, all, all your, like, alerts across all platforms go off, and you you have to, like, I don't know, silence them or whatever. And, yeah, he he's on, well, I don't know if he's going to be on 12 Post for Eternal Weekend, but he seemed very convinced of 12 Post being really good. And watching him play and etc., holy shit, like, did he get out of the craziest situations? Like, he was facing, like, the, 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 the hardest parts to overcome. Like, the opponent had, like, I think a couple of rhinos and Minsk and Boo and Blood Moon. And like, he had literally nothing. He had just like a bunch of lands and he still won that game. And like in ways that seemed completely unthinkable to me. And I was so, so impressed by that deck. And I think the main deck is pretty much what true, true futurism is playing. Who's like mm -hmm. basically the go-to guy for 12 post. Mark slightly switched up the sideboard. I can't really speak too much to that. Like what's actually like, whether you want three force of figure or four force of figure, like three dismember, two dismember, what have you. And I very much want to recommend it. Like, really just going by what I've seen in that tournament and, like, how much that kind of deck would probably smash a lot of decks uh, if if it gets to do its thing. And I guess a big part of that is the four Elfish Spirit Guides. Like, Mark was like, this is this is such a broken card. We really need it in it, just, like, for the, the extra speed. Even though I've seen some people not playing it, but this is... I, I don't know. It, it's kind of hard. Like, we've all seen 12 Post play, but 12 Post with Ring was like crazy on two mm -hmm. levels like the one level is you get the extra cards which is like a pretty big deal and you also you pretty much are guaranteed the extra turn and you can play the ring on turn three like reasonably reliably right by going like turn two uh or even like turn turn one um post and then you get it down on the third turn which close to guarantees that you get a fourth turn and then you can go crazy and also I, i've seen him go down to like one life and end the game at 32 life or something like completely broken stuff and yeah, I'm I'm pretty convinced that this is a very strong deck to pick as long as you like figure out what you want from the sideboard. Oh, by the way, the Carpet of Flowers in sideboard, there's four cop copies of Carpet of Flowers in sideboards. Those were bonkers. And he didn't not only bring them in against like tempo decks, he also brought them in against, okay, I guess Timo Rhinos is still kind of like a tempo deck. But that carpet's really carried. Like that, under Blood Moon, those carpets, they gave him like all the mana he needed. Yeah, like, he, he basically won the game based on carpet under Blood Moon. The deck is yeah, that, that that that's sick. Like I th I think the I mean this deck has a has a lot of good matchups and then almost the same amount of like really bad matchups, right? Like this deck just cannot beat combo decks. I think uh, like we, we see like two mind break traps in the sideboard and two veil of summers, but like well, realistically speaking, like this really isn't enough to stop a combo deck. Uh, but I guess you would and, that, like Doomsday is a horrible matchup for this, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. So like but, this. But deck, other than that, yeah, yeah, this this deck completely profits from the current meta game, right? Because Scam is taking care of all the combo decks, so uh, the Mono Green Cloud Boss has basically all the time and all the tools to um, do whatever they want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing is also like, don't underestimate like the one ring making it so that your combo deck is not gonna kill you on the third turn or, or the fourth turn. Like depending, even like with mm -hmm. with Spirit Guides, it might even be like a second turn ring. Like if you go turn one, Cloud Post, turn two, like uh, what's it called, Glimmer? No, the, the life gain thingy. Yeah, Glimmer and Elvis Spirit Guide works. 
Yeah, something like that. And then you untap and you, you draw, like, by that you've drawn, like, three cards off the ring and stuff. And It also has it, four endurance main, I think. So, it, like, has some... got one copy. Okay, fine. Then maybe a sideboard. But yeah, I agree. Like, that, that you definitely you don't want to go up against stuff like Storm Combo. That's yeah. why I think he's only got, like, two copies of Mindbreak Trap. I think the true Futurism list might have had, like, two or, like, three or four. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's also, like, a, I guess it's a conscious choice. To, it's, to it's a nice metagame pull, because, I mean, he's obviously choosing it because combo is down and control is everywhere, as he said. So he's like, right, well, if I go into combo, I have to get a bit lucky to win, but, yeah. yeah. Also, like, those those control mirrors, like, we, we've seen it in the four seasons, right? When Niv played and stuff, like, those yeah. four, four color mirrors, they are pretty rancid, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, look at that. Like, we've seen so many matches where it came down to, like, two cards left in the library, both players, like, on seven or eight cards, and then, like, activate ring, draw to 14, mm. okay, let's play, let's Yu-Gi-Oh it out. I think, I kind of think the, if you take ring out of the equation, I think the macro sculpting your hand to the perfect thing to work, to win like at the last moment you can after you've sculpted the perfect thing while maintaining enough protection to not die to your opponent, I think it's kind of cool and interesting. I think it's cool when it's a little deeper, but a lot of times it's not very deep. Like people are like, oh, I need to make decisions, but most of the time you, you like make your land traps and cast your can traps and you don't really actively go for too much of crazy stuff. Like sometimes I, people I think fight there's, over there's a couple of flowers. Big, in the control mirror, there's a big whole thing of evaluating your position because Pyroblast and Veil are amazing at protecting your forces, but they don't stop Forth itself or the ring or Uro. I mean, Pyroblast stops Uro, but Veil doesn't then. So there is a lot of posturing and things can snowball. So cantripping just to hit your land drops while maintaining enough protection seeing windows and stuff i think mm. they're pretty hard to play i think a better player will very often win but you could just herp up you know turn three fourth for one token and get the monarch and then just protect it as well so they you know what i want to see in those seem, decks yeah I know. you know what kind of used to be a, a card that people were at least considering to to get the upper hand when when these like mirrors got that crazy Polic ancient oh guys i'm sorry <laughs> Polic ancient Oh, dude, what a, what, no, what a no. legend, oh, what a card. No. I was actually thinking about Emrakul, The Promised End. Oh my god, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. That's a cool card. Yeah, you, you saw it you, in you modern a few times. Yeah, you basically win if you ever play it. Mm -hmm. Like, you take your opponent's next turn, like, there's just, like, no way they can recover from that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to do there. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes saw it brought up back, like, during the during some Miracle times where... I, I played like, it in Miracles for a bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, but then I realized Cavern of Souls is just better. <laughs> <laughs> Fomentor or what, yeah, what exactly. You... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, those were the super broken times. Okay. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. Mind. Oh yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, yeah. I guess. Actually, I'm the only one of us playing the main event, right? I'm getting so much FOMO. Oh, I might look at flights soon. Dude. Okay. So we, we still have one <laughs> bad left because Dude. we we somehow we kept the bad for you. But um, actually, like, no, that's not on you. That was like an, a mistake <laughs> on our part. So if you if you want to come on short notice, we, we still have a bad for you. I think it's very, very unlikely, but I'm going to look at flat okay. after this. Yeah. If you do, just like it. <laughs> but I'm getting the FOMO. I'm just putting it out there. I'm getting the FOMO. <laughs> okay. I've, I've got other plans as well, but yeah. yeah. Um, well. But other than that, like, I think, uh, yeah, you got the power of all, all us three for the for the main event. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you better do <laughs> so something about it. So much pressure. Yeah. Oh, drop, GG. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> okay, cool. Guys, okay, so what, what do you think? Like, what's a hypothetical top eight? Like, we, what do you think? We just haven't, we haven't mentioned Boris Initiative, but I think everyone's kind of agreeing it's a tier one deck. Yes. It's basically like the second yes. most <clears throat> important deck in the format other than Blue Black yeah. Scam. Yeah. This is probably the deck I want to recommend to all the all the all the good Magic players who don't play a lot of Legacy. Um, is probably just pick up Boros in Initiative. This deck is not very difficult to pilot. It is crazy strong, and you also don't need a lot of 
format knowledge, I want to say, because the initiative mechanic is just so utterly broken. Um, so, okay, so you, you say this is this is for the good magic players who don't play a lot of Legacy. Actually, you don't even have to be good. No, just scratch that. What about the bad pl pl magic players who do play a lot of Legacy? I was wrong. All right, so if you're a normal human stay. being who doesn't play a lot of Legacy, but maybe play a lot of drafts or sealed or whatever, um, please pick up Boris Initiative. It is, um, you also don't get a lot of headaches of like Bo Oakish Bowmasters and um, After Bean Suckers. Like none of those cards really matter. Um, Did you see that, that crazy um, uh, initiative list that Tulio Chordi played in the most recent Legacy Challenge? Yeah, it's like Fast Humans. Fast Humans? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are we so bad at naming things? Fast, <laughs> fast Humans. That's like an auto-translate or something. I'm pretty sure he said that on Twitter like as a joke name. Oh, okay, so, maybe, maybe it's gonna stick. It. It's, it's, Sometimes it's so bad it actually sticks. Yeah, <laughs> what makes it Fast Humans is I guess four copies of Brutal Cathar. Which this is like, really good. It, it's a 2-2 two -two human soldier werewolf for two colorless and a white. When it enters the battlefield or transforms into Brutal Cathar, exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield and it's stay bound. So if you play like two spells in a single turn or the opponent, no, if, it flips. If, an, no, huh? it's um, what what is on its front side? If no one, if a player doesn't, if there's no spells cast on a turn. Then oh, it that's that's how it goes. Yeah, if nobody plays a spell for a turn, then it flips into a three-three with first strike ward, pay three life, and then if you play like two spells then it flips back and you get to kill another creature yeah kinda exile another creature yeah. i guess okay okay i guess if yeah yeah i can see it then there's like two copies of boromir which is basically like the hate bear everybody seems to try and make work i guess this it's two good. colors and I think it's good. white three three vigilance whenever an opponent casts a spell if no mana was spent to cast it counter that spell i think that's an insane ability right mm -hmm. now that's really good and you can sacrifice it, and creatures you control gain indestructible at the end of turn. The ring tempts you. I think the indestructible part is less important right now. People don't really destroy these yeah. days, right? We, we, it's all about like exciling yeah. shit. Yeah, but it's it's still like a like a semi Lavinia creature. -ish. Yeah, it's yeah. also like a three one or three three vigilance like. And it'll win combats. Like there is combat in Legacy sometimes. <laughs> Apparently. <Yeah>. Also, <laughs> like for a moment, I was like, "Who the fuck is Greymond Everson Stormwatch?" No, guess what? It's our old favorite, Rick Steadfast Leaders, back Hell in yeah. format. <laughs> Can't win the tournament without it, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so I mean, what I especially love about this deck is actually what I would do if I was playing initiative at Four Seasons. Me personally, I don't know if it's right. There's a lot of better players of initiative than me, but I would play four source of plushes over Chalice of the Void in the deck. Oh, 100%. And that's what 100%. he's doing. Because yeah. it's not a normal thing, and I kind of appreciate that I don't have the experience everyone else does, but I think the deck just benefits from swords better, especially in this metagame. Uh, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is where uh, uh, Tulio has done this, cut chalices and playing four swords main deck. Yeah, I don't hate it. Also makes it easier to keep the initiative, easier to gain the initiative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was always an, adv an advocate of this when like White Plume was legal as well. I mm -hmm. so I still think it's true here, especially now because you know you just got to kill Merc Tides and trolls and stuff. You just like they're so big, they kill you so fast. You've got to kill these big creatures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's no solitude. yeah. Overall, like initiative feels really good. The, the, the interesting thing here is this is very much like. Super creature heavy, right? We, we got 24 yeah. creatures. Mm -hmm. or, or, or maybe it isn't. Uh, I don't know. Like, we're playing with a. Actually, it probably is because here's the thing. A lot of times when I played the deck, I felt that Fable of the Mirror Breaker was like really good. Whenever I saw it missing from the deck, I felt like, no, it should be in there. 
and I liked it over the anointed peacekeeper, but I can at least appreciate the ideas that I really get my creatures down, like up my sorts of plowshares down to clear the path and just get in there. So this almost feels like I mean this is the quintessential stumpy deck, kinda. So you're you're like you're you're literally trying to get the creatures down. Like this is this is like 20 years ago, we used to, like, get Albino Troll and River Boar and Wild Dogs and that kind of shit. And, I mean, this is the same idea, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's, if you it's, know what I mean. It's more like an aggro deck in a way. Yeah, it's like a Merfolk deck. It's an aggro deck, yeah. Blue, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like a Merfolk Stompy deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about a, a Merfolk Stompy deck, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Not that aggro. Like, like, Merfolk like, Stompy. Dude, I'm telling you, like, guys, like, I one day I want to see Lord, Lord of Atlantis and Ancient Tomb in the same deck. I want to see it. Oh well, that's that, that's another episode. Happen, to be I think, sure. uh, yeah, <laughs> I have I have seen it happen, but, but yeah, under you, very you know, weird right? circumstances. The, the, the OG Stumpy idea, just like undercost the creatures and shit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all coming full circle again here. So I, yeah, very very good. Like, I'm Boris, quite surprised. Uh, honestly, there's no probably gonna see a, um, quite a bit of Archon in Archon here. I totally I would, get yes. that they're all humans and there's four cavalry souls, but Archon is just always so good in this deck. Like, it just solos so Archon's many games really in my experience. Good, yeah. mm. I'm sure truly. I think Tulio's done well in a challenge before this, so they have experience with the deck, obviously, and then they've brewed this mm-hmm. up. But uh, Archon is just like to play against as well. It's just so brutal sometimes. It just completely wins games on its own. So in a deck with like Chromoxes and Lotus Petals and Ancient Tombs and City, I just want four yeah. of that card. But there's also like this situation that you encounter quite a bit where you have like Cavern of Souls and you got Ancient Tomb and you got Archon and a bunch of humans and you're like, this is my only white source. I hate this so much. And if you're on the draw, it's even more awkward because then you feel like, oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like, I'm a big, big Archon fan because I've lost to it so many times. Yo, what up? Yo, so Callum is back. We just lost all of Great Britain. He made it to, what, what's the next Harbour Calais or something? Yeah, I'm the only English person left and the whole world rejoices. <laughs> Dude, yeah. you, you got to carry, like, what do you call Union check, right? That's what you call your flag? I'm, ca- I'm going to be a different country. Prague. It's okay. I'm going to be... Uh... England is dead. We will move on. Oh, didn't, didn't you enjoy Wales so much? <laughs> oh, that, that's okay. Yeah, Wales like and so Scotland many, are fine. Yeah. Like so can, many other can, can you countries. Can you speak some Welsh? Welsh? Hmm? Can, can you speak some Welsh? No. Your, your, your coffee, something. Uh, uh, all the Welsh I ever learned, I learned from Alici. <laughs> all goi goth. Yeah, I remember that. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> all goi goth. Did, did I actually tell you that I've been to Wales once? No. Like Kai is the only one in this podcast who has never been what to Wales. God. Yeah, oh, seriously. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I even like I went to deep downtown Wales, like not Cardiff or Swansea or something. I remember the allergy thing. It's uh, about chicken. chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay, okay, guys. Um, I think we, we we were pretty much closing it out at this point. Um, our like we were talking about. By the way, I I want to give one shout out to Rock Questing Druid because I quite played the deck quite a bit lately and I've been enjoying it quite a lot. The thing about the deck is though, it, it always feels like the kind of deck that's like gonna end up top 16-ing mm. this, this kind of event and, and not like, I mean, that's just like half bullshit because of course, like if you're capable of top 16-ing event, you're also capable of winning the event. It just feels like it, it sometimes it lacked the oomph it, in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you're, uh, you're saying it's like a mid-high tier two deck. And I think that's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would put it as a solid tier B um, deck. No, you need to be trashing it, Kai, after our conversation about Questing Druid. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like even really good in vintage now. Oh, God damn it. Come on. <laughs> anyway, don't do this okay. to me. <laughs> so, so um, uh, g- give me some kind of prediction. Like, if some of us gets it right, 
they win some sick bragging oh. rights or maybe something else. Like who is like not you can either name a player to win the tournament, or you can win you can name like two decks. Alright, I'm gonna go with I think three four color controls is gonna be in there. Uh one of them I think is gonna be Angelo Cadet. Mm-hmm. I think there's gonna be one Grixis Delva. I think there's gonna be one Boris Initiative. I think there's gonna be one Lands. Uh, I think it's gonna be one eight cost. Is that eight? Dude, I was gonna <laughs> You almost stole my <laughs> prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not too bad. I think I think I'll probably um scratch one of the control decks and add like one I don't know, some 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 weird um engine to storm deck, I think, to the yeah. top two. Like be, be it a paradoxal um paradox engine deck or be it a Tony's Caponi special or a, a besieged storm deck. Like one of like one of those archetypes is definitely gonna be up there. You've got to have um, hope. Yeah, okay. like you probably don't see a lot of play, um, a lot of people playing playing this deck, but it's so hard to hate, and people are just so focused on beating each other that you know this deck might just slip through. Okay, so for me, I'm definitely gonna put in one reanimator because you ha- always have to put in one reanimator <laughs> for these kinds of events. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm like, gonna say there's no reanimator top sixteen. There's no reanimator top sixteen. Yeah, just to be opposite think. to you. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, I'm gonna say that's gonna be one of the top eight. Okay. That's gonna be three or four copies of four color control mishmash and i agree angelo and or Theo francona are gonna be there yeah. because like Theo has been like on a run basically um there's gonna be two copies of blue black action scam at most like one or two copies there's probably gonna be like two co- actually let's say one or two copies of tempo i don't think lance is gonna be there just like that Unless you're like Chavez, you, you like your brain is gonna like I don't know bleed out before you make it to. to this is why I've like, said one lands because I think lands is very good in this meta game, but has to be played exceptionally well. So I do think like lands is not a good pick without much experience, but I think it's very good right now. Mm-hmm. And then I think somebody's yeah somebody's gonna get in on some kind of like weird weird maybe even a painter deck could could be a <laughs> painter could be an eight cast something ancient tombish. Uh, I, re- I think I already named um, Boris Initiative. Yeah, but some kind of like deck that people don't necessarily know how to play against. So maybe it's Calumpile that we talked about <laughs> in the beginning of the episode. Uh, with all love and respect to that beautiful deck, which it is awesome. It's not top eighting a tunnel weekend. <laughs> and if it does, <laughs> it's going to be the perfect. It's going to be a brilliant soundbite. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know who's actually going to win the tournament? Uh, some dude on Sneak and Show. Oh god damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think with that, uh, we're gonna close it out. If you wanna support the running of the show, guys, you can do that on patreon.com slash everyday channel, or you can leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And we'll I guess we'll we we'll jump back into the booth next time after we actually find out who's gonna be the one to take it down with Sneak Show. And yeah, I think if you see us in post. Huh? Or it could be marked with post. That could actually be it. I think that's but Mark, a really good you know, Mark also course. like he he's he posted some other weird decks on Twitter <laughs> the other day, like four main decks submerge. Oh yeah, with like four copies of. Actually, what happened to that to the Cascade deck? Uh, I played. <laughs> it's been under the radar. <laughs> I I've played like two more leagues and they all go three three two. I think it's a typical three two deck. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but... Bummer. 
So with that, we are really looking forward. I, actually, I was looking for the camera around. Dude, I've, I've been, <laughs> been doing too much casting. I was like, where's the camera? Where do I close it out? <laughs> <laughs> now, so say hello. Um, Kai is going to have a booth at Eternal Weekend. He's going to sign all your cards, everything you want. And I'm also going to be there after I've dropped O2. And we have a great time. <laughs> so thank you so much, especially. And good luck to our Eternal Witness tier Patreons, Colin Garassi, Alex Crow, Tim Everett, Testacular, Sebastian Holaga. Yem, Sean Dewey, Francis Cowper, Cassandra Davis, Tom Tischka, Benedict Gruber, and Severin Schwarzhuber, and our Grizzlebrand tier supporters, of whom I don't know how many are going to be there for the main events. Scott Monroe, Tom Hepp, Kane, Ian Seifert, and Colonoscopy. With that, everybody have a great time, and see you again after the European Eternal Weekend. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.